Casting all my cares on you. one in the city. Are you that one? That's the faith we need to have. I, I trust that the message becomes more real to us today. Let's bow our heads this morning. If you would like to be remembered, if there's a situation, something personally, and you just want to slip up your hand to the Lord, I believe He is the high priest that is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Heavenly Father, this morning, so grateful to be in your presence. Lord, as we come here now to this part of the service, Lord, we have a form, we have an order, we come in, we sit, we pray, we sing, and then, Lord, we'll speak. But, Lord, there's nothing out of ordinary when the supernatural comes. And, Lord, we believe in a dimension we can't even see right now. Lord, that we are under a great exodus. And Lord, we believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. We believe he's coming back for a people. We believe that you've identified yourself with a pillar of fire once again. Lord, we believe that you are here and that you are present. And Lord, even though the prophet messenger left, we believe that you're leading your people. And so we're asking you to lead us this morning. Anoint us for service, Lord. Father, how weak and inadequate we are as a people in our flesh. But Lord, when you take our vessels, when you anoint it, and we're asking you to do that this morning, forgive us our shortcomings. And Father, help us that we can take steps a little closer to you today. Thank you for everyone that's here, those that are listening in. Father, come, I pray, take this service in your hands. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. Let's turn in the Bible to the book of Luke chapter 17. I will be speaking on a continuation of what we started last week, walking in a higher order of faith. And this will be part two. And uh, I originally was going to speak this morning and then on Wednesday but what I'm doing is I'm going to take these services together 
today, both services. So I'll speak a part two this morning and a part three this evening. And um, I really am probably taking the part three that I wanted to do, or the, the second part uh, tonight, but I'm, I'm inserting this. Just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me this way. So I just trust you stay with me as we'll cover a little bit of material. Luke 17, we'll start reading in verse 26. Very common scriptures, but we should not let them become common to us. And as it was, in verse 26, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So the conditions of the days of Noah would be on the earth again. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Uh, now listen, nothing wrong with doing all of those things. But when your mind and your heart is consumed with those things and there's no place for God, I, I mean, that's, that's a danger even to us where we are. And, and, and not only that, the days of, 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 of Lot were the days of Sodom. And, and I will say, we never thought we would see it come to the fullness it has come to today. Verse 29, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. God bless you. May have your seats. Good to see all of you here this morning that are here. And God bless you. May, may he minister to us. It's certainly not a man that ministers to each other, but it's God and he's given gifts and, and may we help each other to get out of the way and allow him to take the preeminence. The days, the end time conditions, the days of Noah, I believe it was in the days of Noah that, that God found it so difficult. He saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, we, we can't look into the minds of the people that are walking the street, but if we could look into them, I believe that we would be scared to death what's in the minds of people today. And, 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 and as the prophet would say, and he says, they will come in the last day in its fullness and knoweth it not, and they'll imagine things in their imaginary minds about insects with wings miles long. They're a step away from insanity. And, and he said, it's the televisions and the programs that are doing it. And it's, and it's putting them in a mindset for a tribulation. And I, I believe that we are, we are there right now. And, and, it, is, and, it, and it, is, it is just teetering. And, and I, I, I know you know these things, but I, I need to just 
I need to go just for a little bit this morning just to take these things once again and maybe just so that we would be reminded. If you are here today and, 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 and you've been attending this church maybe for 10 years, 20 years, whatever you've been attending the church, that's not nearly as long as those that attended Noah's church. And Noah's church, they heard the same message over and over. But let's not let it become dull to us. Lord, awaken our senses today. Quicken us. Let it not be just idle words, but let it be real. That's my prayer this morning. And I, and I, you know, there's times we go through seasons. We'll have times where we're close to the Lord and times maybe where we're not close to the Lord. But when he brings us close and, and the word just is real and captivates us, oh, don't you want to just stay there? Do you want to drift away from that? And if we're away from that, Lord, bring us nigh again this morning. So it was in that time that there was the imagination of the hearts was only evil continually, and it repented the Lord that he made man, and it grieved him. Now, could you imagine the Lord would be grieved? You know, we can grieve him. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by things we do and say. I, I, I'm sad to say I've done that. I've grieved him, and I just say, oh God, forgive me, but help me to live closer to you. So the days of Noah, the days of Lot, as we already mentioned, and, and uh, homosexuality, and, and, and you know, I think it was, it was Obama that came out and said uh, that the USA is no longer a Christian nation, and, and it was grievous to hear him say that, and the current president comes out and says about the USA, we're a pride nation. Well, that's a declaration. I'll tell you what, I, I, as the prophet would say, I don't even pray for America anymore. Now, there are people in there, but as a nation, it is not a Christian nation anymore. Canada is not a Christian nation. Alberta used to be the, the Bible Belt, as it was called. It's not a Bible Belt anymore. Now, I, I'm glad there's a few Christians and that are here. I, are you one of them this morning? I'm glad I can identify with that. Now, I, I'm just going to have to move it along, but I want to just emphasize these are end time conditions and spirits don't die. Some of the same spirits that were there in the days of Noah are around us today. Some of the same spirits that were there in the days of Lot are here today. And they are in a, in a greater form. They're banding together. Spirits don't die. Second Peter, let's go just use a few scriptures and then I'm going to go into a bit of a PowerPoint. Second Peter chapter 2. Appreciate your amens. And uh, we are living, this world is not our home. So Second Peter chapter 2. Let's just start reading this in, in verse 4 if we can. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment... And he spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, this is a, a different thought I'm going to come to in a future service, but, but the, God doesn't do anything outside of man, his agent. And, and, and we are instrumental in this last day, just as the prophet's message was instrumental. 
when the voice went out and the prophet declared a message, to accept it was life. To reject it was judgment. Because now this is God's voice, not just a man's voice. And I, 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 it's become so real to me that I, I want to honor and reverence the voice that I'm under. I don't want to let it become common. So he says now, Noah brought the flood in upon a, on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of, of, of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. So here, Peter is in the same vein that Luke was in talking about Noah and also Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. How many times have we heard the prophet say, if God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, then he, would, if he wouldn't do it to us, to, to this nation today, he would have to repent and raise them up. It, it's headed to destruction. And I, I, I just, this is not a gloom and doom message this morning, but it's a reality check. And I'm saying, God, help me. Sharpen me this morning. I don't want to be desensitized. The, the enemy is here to do anything he can to, to reduce the impact of the message. If he can, he'll reduce it on, on the vessel bringing it. He'll reduce it on its value in our mind. But, oh, God, make it more real, more sharp to us today. So he'll say, and, and he said he delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, we, we don't view Lot as one that was just, but there was an element of Lot that was righteousness that even God spared. Now, he spared him because of Abraham. Not everybody we come in contact with will see the message of the hour, but I, I, I'm, I believe that the heart of God is he wants to see everyone saved. And I, I don't want to be quick to condemn or judge somebody, but I want to reach out and help them. People that you may work with, people you may know in your neighborhood, who knows if somewhere that they don't even show up at the white throne judgment and receive eternal life by the testimony that you live for them. I believe that kind of a message. I, I, I'm, I'm really, today I'm, I want to get into the maturing of our faith, walking in the footsteps of a higher order. We came out and, and we know that the message is a separator. It still is today. But it doesn't mean we have to alienate ourselves from everybody. We, we take our ground and we stand on it. But you also have a heart to reach out to others. And it was us four and no more for a long time. And we would just come to that place and, you know, and we would, we would emphasize those things. I believe our faith is maturing. And I believe that, that we are like Esther was. We can intercede for the people of the land. I believe God has us here for a reason. We can sigh and cry for a reason. Because there's people that need God out there. And I want to be a part of it. I want to fulfill all that God's heart is for people. We've, in the last little while, it's just, we've had some... People come into our church, and I, I, I want it to be, Lord, when they come in, they might not understand the terminology. 
They might not understand third pull. They might not understand serpent seed. But let them come in and let them sense a spirit that is inside of us. That they can feel welcome. That we have a heart for people. That we, we, have, we have something in us. You know, if you're really praying for someone, you don't have to tell them they're praying. But when, they, when you come to them, they sense it. They know your heart is open to them. And if you create an enemy in your mind with someone, they sense that too. And I say, don't let devil create imaginary enemies or imaginary thoughts. I say, cast them down. Let's live as Christians. Let's be real. So now, let's just, I'm, I'm moving along. And I'm sharing my heart as I go along. So he says, now that righteous man dwelling among them. Now look, look at, look at. Look at what vexed his righteous soul here. In seeing and hearing, what hurts us? What we see on the billboards, what we see on the internet, what we hear in the world around us, what, what takes us, what hurts us, is when we let those things in. And, and, and I, I will say, and this is good for everyone, from the preacher, the pulpit, right down to every one of us, Every, I'm, I'm not immune. I've got to guard those things. And there's apps that I've had on my phone I realize that are not good for me. And I'll delete them. And I have deleted them. And I, I think we all ought to be realistic and, and, and examine where the devil takes you down. And if, you, and, and if there's a cycle where you see him continually taking down, cut that thing off. Let's move on with God. Let's not let things drag us along anymore. But let's cut free. Let's, 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 let's cut free the things that hinder us. Uh, we, we can talk about a pure word, a perfect word. My goodness, I'm, I'm going off on some things, but just... I, I've had people come and tell me, they say, Brother Ed, I, I, I don't know about... You know, I, 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 there's so many things that are in the church and so many opinions and so many th thoughts. And they said, I, I just want to hear the pure word. And, 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 I, and I go, and, and, and that's a justification just to listen to tapes only. Listen, friends, the tapes tell us we need to be in church. The tapes tell us that we need to be, the Bible tells us that. And, and, and listen, the pure word that you're listening to, if it's an imperfect being that's listening to it, it's no longer pure. And I say, that's why we're here. We're being chastened. We're being, we're, our, our humanity, our, our own thinking is, is being chastened away from us. That, oh God, let me be you to this world. Let, let me be the part that you want me to be. And, 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 I, and pray that the minister gets out of the way and it's not his thoughts. I, I certainly pray that. And if, I, if I'm conveying myself and I, I know the Lord's still working on me. Thank you for saying amen to that. Appreciate that. Got a lot of supporters. Some people are really quick to say that. Thank you. <laughs> He's still working on you too. Thank you for the amen back. <laughs> so he, I, I got to carry on here. So what vexed his righteous soul was in seeing and hearing. And how often do we see, and then the image just lingers a little bit, and we allow it a root, we allow it a place, but we're, we're commanded to cast it down. And you know where you find that sometimes? 
when you go back in prayer, and as you're in prayer with the Lord, and all of a sudden you realize, oh Lord, there's this little thing between you and I. I allowed it in. I allowed this feeling towards a brother or a sister. Or I allowed this image to take me down a road that it shouldn't have gone. Father, forgive me. Purge me. Cleanse me. Oh, the value of prayer. Listen, I, I really appreciate, Brother Andrew, for you laboring on Sunday night on, 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 on prayer. And I'll say, tell you, I, I, I'm glad that, that if there was a, a diminishing of prayer life, it's increasing. And, and, I, and, I, and pray always. Pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean, you know, kneel down and do it. But just in your, in your mouth, you're driving down the car, and you think of somebody, and you just say, Lord, remember them. Different needs. Just remember them. Be there. Be with them. And you know what? You stay in that channel. And I, I believe that God works through that. Okay. I, as, I, as I move this on here a little bit. Now. Uh, let's finish verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, I've got to move on. I want to come to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. I want to just read something. This is from the message, How Can I Overcome? Brother Brandon would say, sometimes I, I, I don't, I trust that I don't come across as screaming and yelling and ranting and raving. That's not my thought. And I don't want to do that. And I, I say, Lord, forgive me if I, if I go down that. Help me to find the balance and, and, and to be an encouragement and to be instructive and to, to be what it is. But on the other hand, don't let me be passive either. So I'm, I'm, you know what? There's times maybe we go this way and there's times we go that way. And, but let, we're all here to come together. And Brother Branham would say, and how can I overcome? We're here for one purpose. This is the house of correction. This is his throne. This is where we come together in love with one another as only Christians can love. But in here, we're under a leadership of the Holy Spirit, and we need to take a reckoning among us to see where our short places are, our shortcoming, and how we can catch from where we should be over to where we ought to be now. And where we are and where we ought to be that's what we study. Ministers study those places for their people. And when they see the people, the lack, they begin on that. Sometimes the lack starts right here. Say, Lord, I, I need more. You know, we, we, we took the scripture last week about Abraham coming to a place in his walk where God said to him, walk before me and be perfect. Now that being perfect did not mean being sinless, but it meant becoming more mature, becoming more well-rounded well in terms of our faith and, and how we are to God and, and, and our place and our position. And I believe that we as a bride, we as a people who've been under the banner of the message, we're not an infancy stage anymore. We are moving into maturity. And, and I, I see sometimes the lack of maturity in my own life. I see it sometimes in our ranks. I see it amongst, listen, let's start from the top. I see it amongst ministers that will use pulpits to, to, to take shots at other pulpits. That's not maturity. And I, and I say, God help us not to be that way. 
And help us to stand for truth, but yet love our brother, love our sister. Help us to be a real Christ, a real Christian. And let's also be that way in the assembly, in our homes. Let's, let's be that way, every one of us. Let's give us more love, Lord. Give us more of you. And, and, and now take this service this morning and say, I, I, I'm not here, and I'm, you know this is for so-and-so. No, this is right for me. Lord, what are you saying to me this morning? Now, let's, let's take this. I, I wanted to make this quote also with reference to Lot in the seeing and hearing. In the message voice of the sign, Brother Branham would say, the age we live in, what a perversion. It's got such a grip on the people and you can't change it. It looks, now I don't know what he saw in the realm. This, this quote came to me about a year ago and I can't get away from it. But it, it just says, I don't know what he saw. It looks like a great monster, a great blackness. Um, I'm speaking of this in the spirit. A monster has got them grabbed, and they can't get away from it. He says, too much Hollywood, too much television, too much other nonsense. Now, I don't know anybody here that has ever gone on the internet and, and, and been absolutely strict in their time and said, this is it, this is good enough. There's been times we've spent more than we should. And I, I will say it, it, it can be in, in, even in a good thing. And it can be in, in, in social media. It can be on YouTube. It can be on anything. And, and, and you know what? It's a monster, the prophet would say. And it's got a grip on the world. Oh, except message believers. No, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this, I, you know what, I, I appreciate even seeing it in my own home sometimes. You know, we can take our phones, we take them everywhere, and they're, they're here, and you know, whatever we're doing. But, but you know, when, when we can put them aside and say, now this is the Lord's time, and, and you know what, it's even seeing it on a desk, the phone desk downstairs, not where everybody else is. I, you know what, that shows a consecration. I met, a, I met a man, he was a Christian, was not, just a nominal believer, and there's a policy in their homes that the phones stay at the back entrance on a desk. They don't make it to the dinner table. They don't make it to individual rooms. And I go, oh God, I can learn from that. We can all learn from that. Do you want more of God? How, how far are you willing to go to show God that you're serious and you want more of him? It starts with something, and, and Brother Branham said, you stay where you are, you don't make a move, God won't move for you either. But when he sees you're sincere, he will come to you. He will help you. Amen. Am I, am I, I'm, I'm, I gotta move on. Second Peter, Second Peter 3, verse one. This second epistle, beloved, I now write to you in both which I stir up your pure minds there's, you can have pure minds. The word can be pure and your minds can be pure. They have to be stirred up sometimes. By way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? 
Now, I, I want you to just hold this thought for a moment. And, and, and maybe as I just read a little more. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, scoffers, let, let's take this on a few levels. People that look at you and I that are unbelievers and say, there's nothing to it. Well, they, they weren't ordained to it. That's all there's to it. But it's scoffers in the last day. And, and scoffers that were even around the prophet when he was here in, in the time he was on earth, that they would hear of the supernatural and they, and they would make fun of it. And there's some incidents in the message of how that turned out. Now, that spirit, scoffers, they were there in Noah's day. And I will say, if you take it a step further, to some degree it even fell on Lot. Because he didn't see the danger that Abraham saw. And so it can be a spirit of slumber. It can be, it can be a spirit that even can come on us in our ranks We've heard these scriptures before, Brother Ed. We've heard them for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. But I'm telling you, they're more real than ever. And we've seen them. We didn't think we would see them manifest in our ranks. Where there would be people that would come and walk beside us, that would rejoice in the message they received, that would recognize God sent us a prophet, that would recognize these things, and then they would turn aside and they would, by reason, go in other directions and even now are looking against the message that they once believed in. Scoffers. Now, it's a spirit. Now, I'm not saying people are scoffers here, but I'm saying that spirit can come on us. Yeah, uh, you know, talk about California. Yeah, I know when California sinks, then I'll be serious with God. That is a dangerous place to be. And, I, and there's other things. We can have these little click buttons, but that's not the way God works. He doesn't work by one thing. He works with the human heart. And I, I don't want to be where I come to a service and say, oh yeah, I, I've heard it. No, you've never heard it like you're hearing it today. Your, your theophany is growing. It's receiving more. And, and, and you need to feed that. And as you're feeding that, it, 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 it sharpens your vision of the world. It's so easy. We can have certain buzz points. Oh, you know, when there's an earthquake, we're, we're right away in tune. Or when there's something that happens in Israel, we're right away in tune. But sometimes we miss what's happening inside of us, the flashing red light in our own life, and, and, and we find ourselves halfway lukewarm, backslidden. I say, Lord, let the warning bells go off just as much as they do any other time. I, 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 I fear sometimes that I, and I, I'm, I'm preaching this for myself, that lest I would allow it to become common. Now, I'm thankful I can't work this up. I'm thankful that there's something inside. You know, when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, I was just sharing with my son the other day, and I just said, when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, you can never get away from it. You might drift, but I'll tell you what, you'll be miserable. 
And I'll say, or you might go down a road where you have to come and say, I'm sorry. But it will also lead you. And it will pull you. And it will draw you. And it will lead you and guide you into all truth. It will show you things to come. It will give you discernment when you walk among people. Oh, friends, if you don't have it today, it's imperative that you need the Holy Ghost. Do not be satisfied with just being baptized. Do not be satisfied with just being a part of the church. Woe unto me if I don't preach it right. And I'm not preaching it out of fear. I'm preaching it out of love. Saying, let's come a little higher. This is not just for the pastor and and for the deacons and the elders and parents. and, And this is for every one of us. So scoffers walking after their own lusts. In the message, Shalom. Brother Bram said, I've come to that spot. I believe people don't know what they're doing. It comes to a time where the human being has such a shadow, a subject has become such a subject to evil. It's a pathetic thing. You know what hurts? Sometimes it's people we know. And we say, Oh God, be merciful. You were merciful to me. I didn't deserve your mercy when it reached down to me. It wasn't me looking and I'm saying, sometimes you can be the one standing in the gap for someone who doesn't have. And I I pray, Lord, daily. I pray daily, Lord, bring them to the place. Whatever it takes. I, I don't... You know, and I say, but Lord, don't let them pass from this life without knowing you as a Savior. He said, it's a pathetic thing. It's a shadow of darkness over the people. It just presses them. Brother Branham will go on to say this. It seems like something has struck our people. It struck the world. They don't seem to have the understanding that there's something wrong Oh my, some of the messages Brother Branham would preach, convinced, then concerned. He cares, do you? Thank you, Brother Max, for the thought just the other day. Let's, you know, and and we can't make ourselves desperate. Brother Branham would say, you can't make yourself desperate until God speaks to you. But, you know, sometimes you can just get in an atmosphere and say, Lord, I'm here, speak to me. I don't feel the pull like I should, and, but Lord, just speak to me. I have to move on a little bit here. I'm, I'm, I could read more of Second Peter, but I, I think I just need to move on and, and get to where I need to get to. Let's just turn, if I, if I can just pick up this thought, let's go to Second Corinthians, sorry, Second Chronicles. I don't think I gave you this, Brother Mark. Second Chronicles 35, if you will. Second Chronicles 35. There's, there's, you can maybe read these later, but the other one you can read in conjunction with this is Ezekiel 33. And I, I want you just to take, just, just hear this thought for a minute. Second Chronicles 36. I've labored a little bit more on this than I, I thought I would, but I can't emphasize how 
how you know you can be in church and anointed on a Sunday and by Monday you can find yourself backslidden. This is the hour we live in. I say let's stay in the life, let's stay in the channel. Can you, is this good this morning? This is an encouragement, friends. Second Chronicles 36. Now, look at the heart of God. He's speaking here. Uh, this is the conclusion of the Chronicles, the Kings, and, and everything that's happened before we, we go into the... the this, is, this is just before Israel gets sla- sold into captivity. But look at what God brings as a remembrance to them. He says... And the Lord God of your fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people and his dwelling place. So the people of God. But they mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words. They misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people Till there was no remedy. Now I, I want you just to think about Israel as a nation. And here maybe they went into false worship. Maybe they, they didn't recognize who God sent. But look at these words. They mocked the messengers. Now I don't believe that they went and spat on them. And some maybe did. But you know what they did? They just didn't take them for what they were. They just didn't, they, their words, they, they just kind of pushed them off a little bit. That's mocking the messenger. Just, just to have a little bit of contempt. Friends, I, I get worried sometimes when, I, when I, I hear and I hear, well, I don't hear, I can't hear an attitude, but you, you can see an attitude that just rises up and it's just, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, or, or then it gets worse because it starts from that and then after a while it's like, yeah, it's almost attacking. And I, I'm going, there, there's steps that are made sometimes to get to a certain place. And, and, I, and, 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 and as the prophet would say, even if you've left your first love, if you remember a time when you used to be more in love with the Lord and you're not there now, he says, oh, friends, if you can recognize that, flee back with all that's in you. It's a personal revival, I believe, that we're under. So they mocked. They were just scornful. They were just contemptuous. They despised them. They, they just looked at them. Ah, I don't want to hear that voice. Listen, you can get in the flesh. I can get in the flesh. And then somebody will put on a tape and you say, I don't want to really hear that right now. I'm having fun with doing what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah listen, I, I, I realize you can't be in tapes 24-7. You can't be in prayer 24-7. That's not the goal here. But I'm saying, oh, let my heart be open, Lord. They misused them. They, they would take their words and, and maybe, you know, none of them had maybe scrolls and things like a tape like we do. And they misused the words and used it for the wrong things. Oh, how it must have grieved God. Look, just, there's another part you can read here. I won't, I'm not going to reference it, but read Ezekiel 33, verse 30 to 33. And, and God addresses Ezekiel and says, the, pre- the people view you as a lovely song. They, they say, come, let us hear what the messenger has to say. They hear, but they do not do. It's just a lovely song. It's just background noise. 
Oh, my friends, listen, I, 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 don't, I, I don't intend on going this way, but go back and take it sometime in, in your own study, in your own time, and say, oh, God, let the word impact me. And if I find myself there, Lord, take me out of that condition. Okay, i got to move on here. Let's just, uh, let me just read one or two more quotes, and then we're going to go to the PowerPoint. In fact, you can put the PowerPoint on, Brother Mark. Brother Bradham saying in a message, Countdown, Lord, we feel we haven't got much longer. The time is coming in. We can feel that fo- the fog from outer space as it moves in. We know that the judgment and wrath of God is ready to fall. We can feel the effects of it already. Then he would say in a message, a guide, the hour is closing. Fog is coming over the earth. Great creeds and things are uniting together. Churches are confederating. I've I, I got to take something sometime about the silent voice that is out there right now. And the silent voice is Rome. And I say, there's a piece of the puzzle that has not come together yet. I can, we can see Israel. We can see Russia. We can see, but there's another piece that's got to come into play. And I'm saying, it is still, and, and the prophet would say, murder lies in her unrepentant heart. It, it may look nice on the outside, but it's not. Brother Ram said, we are living in a dangerous time. It's a, it's a glorious time for the church, a horrible time for the believer. Let's, let's go on. Let's pick up this. There's more quotes, but I, I need to move on. So I want to take this for a moment and, and to really bring this and make this real. I'm, I'm going to approach this a little bit uh, from an order, and, and I'm, I'm using this part of the service to prepare for tonight, but I, I want to take this a little bit of where we are in the journey. And, and, you know, where we've come as a people. Now, this is the one I used the other day. When Abraham was 99 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, that word in, in the perfect is the, this word, which means complete, whole, entire, sound, healthful, complete, you know, completely and entirely in accord with truth, in fact, so, so he's telling Abraham, you need to come to a higher level. Now, I, 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 if I can just inject this for a moment, you know, it was Abraham had gone through justification in Genesis 12. He had gone through sanctification in Genesis 15, but now he was coming up to a junction. And I, I, ne- I really need to bring this because to, to go where I'm going tonight and I'm saying, we, a birth is not complete without all three. You can walk in the message and say all the right words and say all the right things. But I said, until you've been born by the Spirit of God, you're not there yet. And Abraham was told, now you've got to have a sign. And the sign was going to be something in the flesh, something, a circumcision. And now it would take the appearing, now it would take the appearing of, of God in a, in a higher way, and that's what we're under also. So I'll, I'll come to that as I move along. I'm going to take Israel in their journey just a little bit. Hebrews chapter 3, and we're talking about faith. Today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, 
When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they always err in their heart, they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. So there, there was, if, if you remember, when, when Moses was telling the, the, they'd wandered 40 years, and now in the book of Deuteronomy, he's telling the generation of not the old fighters, but now he's telling the new generation, now you need to change your mindset a little bit. You're in, he says in Deuteronomy 11, Egypt, you worked, you had streams, you cultivated, you did all of this. That was a level that you worked on, but the land you're going in is not like that. The land is a land that God cares for, and he says, if you trust in him and obey, he will send you rain. He will send you the former and the latter rain. It's not going to be what you do. It's what you yield to. So we're moving out of a man anointing into an eagle anointing where we've got a higher level of trust. It's not on what I can present or what I can do. It's what I give myself to. Now, let's move with that. He says, now... That's the rest. Why? You're not trusting in your works. You're trusting in the finished work of God that's already in your life. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily. That's what I'm doing today. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, if today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they heard, did provoke. Now, this is, this is an interesting statement. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Now, you could just just hear this out for a minute. And I'll come to this statement. But what came out of Egypt, there's a Dathans and Korahs. There, there was murmurers and grumblers and complainers. Now, such were some of you. Until Christ comes in our heart and we recognize what we're under. And, and now, when you actually are called... now. Take the call of Abraham. Abraham heard the call. Lot came along. But God didn't speak to Lot. Now, many came out because they saw God fulfilling his word in Moses. I will bring you out with a mighty hand. But there was a whole group of people that just saw, well, I'll wait till Moses dies and I've got an opportunity. I'll, I'll, I'll show what I can do. Lot of... A mixed multitude, a lot of different motives and objectives. Now, in, in the church age book, the Ephesian church age, Brother Branham brings the message to where he says, I have something against you because you've left your first love. Now, I, I'm, I'm using this to characterize the message. Now, in any age, and now Brother Branham's talking about the Ephesian age, the message is to the entire age. Now, in Ephesians, it lasted 120 years. And it's to all the generations in that span. Now, he says, history keeps repeating itself. 
In the generations of Israel, we see revival in one generation, only to see the fires fading in the next. In the third, it, it may be embers that are glowing slightly. In the fourth, it maybe doesn't even look like the original. Then God lights the fire again. Now, this is the cycle of revival and death. And it, it, he says that here right away. It's simply a manifestation of the truth. God has no grandchildren. If I can, if I can be on this and be honest, God bless you, Brother Andrew, for the young people's service on, on Friday. How many appreciate our young people and appreciate the services? How many of them appreciate the services? There's some, there's some little hands that are... I, give, I have to give the sisters more credit, brothers. They raised their hands. Some of you, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to look at you for a bit. Okay, I'm just saying this. Let's see God not just, hey, I don't want to see him in my, just my mother. I appreciate that he was in my mother and my grandfather. But I want to see him in me. I want to see him in my children. I don't want to just be looking historically. Listen. And, and, and to do that, you have to come to the level of where the current generation's at. Listen, you can't expect them to walk uphill to school six, way, six miles both ways like you did. And we try to force, well, this is what I did, and that's what they should do. No, they're under a different channel. They're under a different pressure. But they need to meet the same God. And I desire that. Oh, God, move. I, I feel like saying, Spirit of God, move. Came across a quotation the other day. I shared it with, with one sister and I uh, should share it with another one or two. But Brother Branham is talking about the maniac at Gadaria. And he says, Jesus crossed the sea to meet that man. And he says, why did he do it? Because there was a gray-haired mother that was praying for him. And, and that mother caused God in flesh to go across and to hear that cry. Do you think you can make a difference? Yes, you can. Now, let's move further. So he's talking about how it works. He says, born-again believers and the next generation, just plain Christians. They're not Christians. He says they take on names, denominational names, Baptists, Methodists. He says, you have to be born of the will of God. A lot of folks are coming together not by the, together now by the will of man. I don't say that some of them aren't right with God, but the original fire has died down. I, listen, I, this is, give me, I only got a couple more paragraphs and I'll move on. But let's just take this seriously for a moment. Let's be honest and say, Lord, have we just settled a little bit too much? Are we just comfortable? As I, as I was just sharing the other day, I said, you know, sometimes we wish the best for those that we know. But I asked the question, I said, do you wish the best and to see them living a halfway life as the rapture is coming up to the door? Or would you allow, would you grant in your thinking that God can deal with them and even make things uncomfortable to their betterment? What would you rather have? I, I say, I, I can't help but be human and reach my heart out to somebody. But there's another part that says, oh God, we got to move. we got to move higher. Lord, let it be. 
And I can't do it, but oh God, you can do it. And I can change, I can pray, and it can have an effect on their destination. Even a brother or sister that's wrong. And a prophet will make an outstanding statement. It says, your attitude to the brother or the sister that's wrong can have an impact on their destination. Oh, I'm not going to talk to them. They're, they're just serpency. Well, that's exactly what you're going to be responsible for. But you can also, you don't have to be, go in there and just be, you can just be praying if nothing else. Sorry, Brother Jared, I'm going to have you have stand up again right away. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my, the fervent desire to please God. The passion to know his word. Brother Marshall shares a thing with me once in a while. He's got the table app and he's just driving and listening to the message. And he said, oh, it's wonderful. Sometimes you can just see it right there. And what the prophet said. You know, I, I, wrote, I wrote to Brother Joseph one time and I said, God bless you for the table app. It has been a blessing to me. I can download it, I can hear it, and then I can just play it, and the words are right there. And there's times I've just stopped it. And I, sometimes I've screenshotted it. Sometimes I've wrote something down. And I'm saying, thank God for this message. Oh, I, I, you know, there was a time I used to devour tapes and books and things. How many, how many can say that, that it's not the same anymore? I, I, I say I don't do it the same anymore. Hey, I'm starting right here. And I say, but Lord, I want to be in it wherever I can. The fervent desire, the passion to know his word, the cry for reaching out in the spirit begins to fade. And instead of the church being on fire with the fire of God, it's cooled off, become a bit formal. And God said, I have somewhat against thee. What would he have against me? Lord, is it all clear? What do you have against me? Not, not in a way to condemn me, but Lord, what, what would you say to me to encourage me this morning? They were getting a bit formal. The abandonment to God was dying out. The people weren't too careful about what God thought of them, and they began to be careful about what the world thought of them. You could really take time on this whole thing. That's the history of the church, he says. When it thinks more of conforming to the world instead of conforming to God... It isn't too long till you see them doing things they used to do, start doing things that they wouldn't do initially. They change their manner of dress, their attitudes, and their behavior. They get lax. This is what Ephesus meant, Ephesus meant relaxed drifting. And then he says the cycle. I, I really could take time on this, but I'm not, I'm not going to go much further. I want to get into this. That cycle of revival and death has never failed. Now, I, I want to just go a little further. I'm going to just jump ahead. Here's, here is the thought, even though Brother Branham says this. In spoken word is the original seed, and in the message to follow right after the end time seed sign, he says now he talks about how this cycle has been through church ages. There was a move, a, man die, a revival sweeps, and then they take man's idea, denominate it, bring in creed, and it mixes it, and it dies. And it does that way all the time. But now he'll actually, and I don't have the quote right in front of me, but he'll actually say, now the only thing is, this message will not denominate. 
Now that doesn't mean people won't take denominational ideas, but there will not be another move of God. So the only way God will move is if we get back in the channel of where he's at and say, Lord, this is where life is. Let me catch this life. So he says, he says now, each generation in that 120 years, maybe four generations, each generation gets an opportunity at the fresh word of God. Like Luther, like Wesley, each generation. So it's, listen, the revival or, or what we can have for, for a life before God is not just for our elders and parents and grandparents, but it's for everyone that's here today. It's for our youth. That's why we do what we do. How many ask somebody that they want to see get saved? I, I say, Lord, don't let me just say, well, I know you'll deal with them one day, and if they're, you know, they'll, if they'll be there, they'll be there. No, that won't get them in. I say, let's be before the throne continually. You know, Hattie Wright's opportunity she had was she was poor, she could have had riches, she had a sister that was sick in a wheelchair, she could have had different things, but instantaneously, out from her heart, without saying it, God, give me the salvation of my two boys. I believe that's ought to be our cry. Now, let's go into this a little bit. i got half an hour. So Now, all these things happened. 1 Corinthians 10. I'm, I'm picking this up further down. He's talking about Israel and their journey. All these things happened to them for in samples. They were written for our admonition upon the, whom the ends of the worlds are come. Therefore, let him that thinketh, he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. So the spirits that were there are still here. There's no temptation that has taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above your able and will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So in the first Exodus, I'm going to draw just a couple of comparisons here real quick. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the backside of the desert. He came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, and he sees this bush on fire. Now, the, 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 the Bible reads, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. This was where the pillar of fire was first identified. And out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So we know this picture, if you, if you watch the Ten Commandments, Moses is caught, he comes up, he takes his shoes off, there's this bush that's burning, and he's saying, you know, the place you're standing on is holy ground. And Moses sees this. And five minutes in that made an impact in Moses' life. I, I, I'm going to, I need to find a right balance in what I say here. You can get the baptism of the Holy Ghost at an altar. You can get it in your seat. You can get it at home. But it involves a complete surrender to God. And when you get that, I'll tell you, you can never be lost. You can't be lost as much as God can be lost. It's God's approval on your life. And, and I say this, when you come to that place, then everything else starts to fall. So I'll take a little time to go with this. Now, further down in the same chapter, and the Lord says, 
I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. I've heard their cry by reason of the taskmasters. I know their sorrows. Now look at the language. And I am come down. When, when, he, when Later on when Moses asked him, what's your name? What shall I tell him? Tell him the I am. So who has come down in this pillar of fire? The I am. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. So he's come to take them out of Egypt and to bring them into a land, a good land, a large, a land flowing with milk and honey, the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. He didn't say, I've paved the streets for you. It's all open to you. When you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, you may have to overcome a lot of things that were in your flesh. But I'll tell you, when you have the Holy Ghost, it is way easier than trying to reform yourself. When you get it, there's a sense of holiness. I will not go onto that website anymore. I will not participate with that friend anymore. Why? Because there's a holy God that I've identified with. It'll do something to you. Now, what Moses didn't see or what we didn't see in the first picture was that there was an angel. The I am. The God was there. Now, chapter 4, verse 1. And Moses said, Behold... Now he says, I'm sending you. You're going to go down. You're going to go to Pharaoh. Now Pharaoh's not going to let you go easy. But he says, I'm sending you anyway. Listen, that same devil is out there today. You want to become a Christian? Ah, you can be so fearful about what's ahead of you. But I'll tell you what, what about what's in you? The God of heaven has commissioned you. And you've got all of heaven backing you when you move forward. Moses said, behold, they will not believe me. Or hearken to my voice and say, the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord says, okay, what do you got in your hand? A rod. Throw it down. Became a serpent. And Moses fled. And he said, put forth your hand. Take it by the tail. He put forth his hand and became a rod. That they may believe that the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath appeared to you. And he says, now, what else? He says, take your hand. Put it in your bosom. Put the hand in his bosom. He took it out. And it was leprous. Put it back in. And it was normal again. And he says, And it will come to pass if they will not believe thee, nor hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to belief if they will not believe these two signs, nor hearken to your voice, that you will take the water of the river, pour it on dry land, and the water which you took shall become blood. The beginning of the plagues here. So he's giving him two signs. Now let's just take this for a moment. This is Brother Branham speaking. Now, first Exodus, second Exodus, third Exodus. Now, this is the last Exodus. Brother Branham goes back to 1933 at the river. He says, 500 walking into the river yonder. The first day the angel of the Lord appeared visible. Now, he hasn't appeared since the days of Paul, but now he appears again. And the newspapers, mystic light, appears over local minister. This is a direct parallel to Moses. And it's happening again. This is not just contrived. This is God saying, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. The first day of the angel 
appeared visible to vindicate like he did on Mount Sinai, that I met him. I walked in the river, hundreds singing a song for baptism, and here he come, descending that same pillar of fire you see in the picture, descending down, and he said these words, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun his first coming, this message will forerun the second coming. There you are. See? Now that hasn't changed. The message will forerun the second coming. You're not going to change God's mind about his word. He's gonna, this is his program. And then now, now here's Brother Branham speaking. I think this message was in Edmonton. He says, talking about the Jews coming to their homeland. You're coming to see the Messiah. Yes. Now he says, don't run over that too lightly. The Jewish people were declared a nation, 1946, on May the 6th. And he says, and the Lord appeared to me in April, May the 7th, the next day, 1946. Where, is this a coincidence? Or is this God? Listen, we need to remember these things. And the oldest flag, the six-point star of David, flies again over Jerusalem. We're at the end time. Now he would say this, I say this by the authority of God. It is not the sign that does it. This will come into tonight. Jesus sent this angel and said and told me, you were born in this world to pray for sick people, and if you get the people to believe you and will be sincere when you pray, nothing will stand before your prayer that was the commission. Just like Moses met an angel in a private place, he meets his angel in a cave. And he says, sir, I'm uneducated. I, I can't speak like other ministers. As the prophet Moses was given two signs to vindicate his ministry. Now, just, just let's go to this. He says, as the prophet Moses was given two signs to vindicate his signs. So will you be given two signs. And what were the two signs? One was a sign in, in the hand. Are you, are you all with me? Are you paying attention? I, I, you know, I appreciate if you are, because it, it helps the service. And he says, now, watch. He says, there's a hand. Now, Brother Bannon will come to it, and I'll, I'll read out of this tonight, as I was with Moses. Did the sign ever fail? No. And he says, and now he himself even didn't understand. He didn't understand the second sign because he says this in 1952. Uh, you know, it'll come to pass. You'll, you'll be able to take the people by the hand, but you'll also be told what, they're, 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 what, what is in them, in their hearts. And he said, I don't understand. So here, can you imagine what he was breaking into? But look at what God had empowered him with. Whoever wants to claim that God hasn't vindicated this message, I, and listen, I'm way beyond vindication. But I'll say, I, I say, you don't see any of them standing up when the prophet was on the scene. And the one thing that they don't, they don't ever see is Brother Branham was there, but what was in the supernatural realm? There was an angel there. And I, I will say, that's what we need to keep our eyes on. Not just the gift, but the angel that was there. 
And that angel is still here. Now, let's go a little further. Exodus 13. I, I need to, I won't be able to read all of this, but this is when Israel came out. Now, Moses is given these two signs. I, I, I'm jumping leaps, leaps and bounds here. Moses is given these two signs. I'm just going to turn this off for a sec. He's given these two signs. He goes into Egypt, and, and he speaks to Pharaoh. And the first thing when Moses takes that sign, and he casts that rod down and becomes a serpent, God never told Moses, they're going to replicate your sign. But Moses knew where it came from. And he knew God had commissioned him. And so he picked it up. Now, the amazing thing was, when, when the whole scene played out, Moses left with the rod, they left with nothing. <laughs> that, that, that goes a long ways to saying something. Now, so, so now, that sign was there. Now, could you imagine Pharaoh, magicians, and, and if you read it, you'll find it 16 times that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why? The supernatural was done, but he couldn't accept what was behind it. Oh my. And just, just hear me out as we go through this just a little bit. He said he hardened his heart. He would not let him go with it. And you can follow it through. Can you imagine? Here the waters turn to blood. Here there's locusts overrunning the land. Here there's darkness over the land. All of the plagues. And each time, you know, Pharaoh just kind of says, okay, you men go. You know, you go, go for just three days. And, and Moses wouldn't budge. No, we're all going. And God brought it to a showdown. Now, I, I'm not going to come completely under it, but just as we go along. Now they come out, and they come to a Red Sea, and they're finally there, and God sends that same pillar of fire before them. And it says here, And God led the people about through the way of the wilderness by the Red Sea. Verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. And he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And let me, let me just go a little further. Now, this is, now just imagine you're, you're in a journey and you can see this in front of you. There's a cloud leading you by day. There's a pillar of fire by night. Now you're on a journey and God is leading them out and going back. And he led them by the way of the Red Sea. And as he comes there and, and Pharaoh runs after them, verse 19 and the angel of God went before the camp of Israel and removed and went before them. The pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood between them and Pharaoh. And it, and it was there all night. It was a cloud and a darkness to Pharaoh and his camp, but it was a light to Israel. Oh, it's still that way today. The God that you believe in can blind one and he can give you sight in your own eyes. And he says in Moses, now here there, the scene is almost an iconic scene in the Ten Commandments. Pharaoh comes over the hill, he's riding up there and he's looking down with disdain. Oh, the God of Moses is a poor general. <laughs> Leaves them no way of retreat. You know that same God's on the scene today. 
That same devil's on the scene today too. But I thank God that he always makes a way. Now look, he says, so now that night while this pillar of fire is there between one and the other, and he says, and Moses stretched his hand over the sea, and God caused a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went in the midst of the sea upon dry ground. Now this is amazing to me. The waters were a wall on the right and the left. They go on dry ground. It's hardened. Maybe it even had cracks in it. That's how dry it was. And now Egypt, the Egyptians pursued. They went after them. Verse 24. And God looked through the host of Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and he troubled them, the host. And they took off their chariot wheels and they drave them heavily. So where the Israelis just went over, the children of Israel went over, they were bogged down. Oh, he's a supernatural God. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand that the waters may come upon the Egyptians, upon the chariots, their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand. The sea returned to its strength and the Egyptians fled. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Here is this pillar of fire that was there with them. The cloud turns to a pillar of fire at night. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Now I just need to bring this to a point. One thing that not, was not apparent to everybody. What was in, what was the significance of that? And what was in that? And I'm going to say it this way. There's a lot of fuss been made over a cloud in Arizona in 1928. The cloud is just a sign. But what was behind the sign? Who was taking charge? Who was taking headship? God tells Moses in Exodus 23, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way to bring you into the place I prepared. Beware of him. Obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. My name is in him. Now, provoke him not. What did, what did Dathan and Korah do? They thought they were just looking at Moses. They never saw the angel that was in the pillar of fire. What do many look today? They just think they're looking at a people. They just think that they're looking at a message of a prophet. But that angel is still here. Oh, if we can catch that. He's not, he's here in our services. He's here today. I'm I'm really trying to come to a place, and I feel like I'm rushing, but if I can say it this way, the voice that you're under, no, there's no Brother Branham, there's, there's nothing, but there's an angel that's here. He's not very far from us. And don't provoke him. My name is in him. Obey his voice. Do all that I speak, and I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. There there is power in what we have. If we can capitalize on it. What, What was seen was that pillar of fire. What was unseen is there was an angel in the middle of that. And that angel is still here. Now look at this. Exodus 12. Here they journey on. 
And these words are used, a mixed multitude went up with them. Now, I'm, I'm going to tie this into tonight a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go maybe much further with... Well, I am going to go a little further. I'm going to come. Maybe I'll just come to this. This is what I'll do. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go through all the incidents, and I'll come to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 a little bit more. Uh, 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10 tonight. But Israel, what is it? They tempted God. They murmured. You know, when, when they finally came up to a pivotal point in their journey, and I'm going to kind of just try to focus on this just as we close this morning. They, the scene was set. Here, here, is, here is the Egyptians are just swallowed up in the sea. Moses starts to sing a song, the song of Moses. And you hear the first 19 verses of Exodus 15. And all of a sudden, Miriam picks up the tambour, tambourine and she starts to dance and do all of these things. And you read verses 20 and 21 and then you read verse 22 and they came to a place and there was no water and they murmured. Now did they forget? Did they just saw everything that they saw? Did they forget the angel that was there and all of a sudden there's a murmuring? I, I think Brother Harold said this years ago but he said, could you imagine two million people and murmuring. It must have been a low hum. You know, maybe people are walking over. What's that hum in the valley? That's the people of Israel murmuring. But isn't there God with them? Yeah, their God is with them. Well, why are they murmuring? Now, a mixed multitude. Now, if we have viewed the message carnally, and we don't view it for what it is, we need to recognize God took us out of the world. He's going to bring us in. He that started a good work will bring you in. Now here they are, but the first thing are, they murmured. So the next thing is, God tells him, I'll give you water, I'll do this for you. I'll give you manna. And you give him manna, and, and that wasn't even good. They began to loathe it. Angels food. And God said, okay, I'll give you fresh meat. And he sends a wind, and all the quail come. But you know what? God's taking a record of all the murmuring. All of, and, he, and he finally come up to this place called Kadesh Barnea. And in Kadesh Barnea, this is now a pivotal point in the journey. And it is for Israel and it's for every believer. Because you can come out, but you have to go in. And the only way you go in is with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can journey along with people, but you know, going in... Is, is death to self. It's crossing Jordan. It is possessing the part that you always had. I, I, I don't want to make this. You can't go in if you don't have it. But I'll just say it this way. If you are of God, there's a part of you that desires what's over on the other side. There's a part of you that desires what God has. And I will say, follow that. If there's that little tug, follow that and say, I need more of God. I'm hungering for more of God. Let that come to the forefront. Now these, these 12 spies, they go into the land. And they see the great, you know, they come up to Kadesh Barnea. They go in the land and, and they come in the land. They come back with the evidence. Oh, it's a good land. But here... That spirit of murmuring overtook ten of them and they began to complain. 
And as a result, and I won't go into it all here tonight, but I'm going to just come back to it. They came across, it was like great, but when they came back, it was with an evil report. And God, God took that whole generation and said, they will not enter in. So this angel that went before them, I'm going to read, read more. Let me just say something about the Holy Ghost for a minute. Jesus promised, I've got to go away. The comforter cannot come unless I depart. And when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. He'll say, I've got many things to say unto you, but you can't bear them. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. Harvest time. This is, Brother Branham would say, the presence of the Word, the Son, the very same Word that came down the day of Pentecost. Now Malachi 4 teaches us, I'll restore the hearts of the children. Luke 17, 20, when the Son of Man is being revealed, the Word living itself again among the people. Not just a generation we're trying to hang on, no. The Word in every one that's born in that generation. The Word itself made flesh in you. You are a reflection of the, of the hour, the message, a reflection of it. Now he says, it is the life that was in the shuck that comes out in the weak. It's got to be a ministry exactly like the Word, like he was in the Word, and the first church was on the Word, Spirit-filled. Can I just say this here? The first time people were ever called Christians was, well, let me just go back a step. Acts 4, verse 13. There was something about the disciples that when they came out and they saw the boldness, they took knowledge that they'd been with Jesus. Then in Acts chapter 11, the first time people were ever called Christians was when they were at Antioch and it wasn't they them themselves that said they were Christians. People took notice and said, these people are Christ-like. Now, we, we come and we're actually in an age where we can say, I'm in the message. But I think we need to turn it around. Is the message in me? When, when you're God's billboard, when they go out, they say, yeah, well, I don't know, they got a peculiar way. But when Christ shines through you, and they say, there's something different I can't put my finger on. That is, is a declaration of the message. So Brother Bannon would go on and say this, and he'd say, now, the only way you can actually be a Christian is for Christ to identify himself in you. When he's so pleased to come in you. My, he says, now, when he's recognized you, not when you say, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm this, I'm that, but when he comes. Listen, I, you're, you're all quiet, and I'm, I'm trying to close, and I'm trying to find a place to close on. Listen, I, I, I am grateful. When I did things I never thought I would do when the Spirit of God moved on me. I, I'm, I'm grateful I, I took a stand with my friends that I used to be with and say, you know what, I'm not going there anymore. And then when I remembered I did something wrong, I went and made it right. 
And, and you know what? Every time I took a step, it actually was a freedom and it was a liberty. And it wasn't no longer Brother Ed, but it was Christ that was living in. And it's still the same. When Christ is identified in you, identifying himself, the word Christian means Christ-like. And he is our identification. We should be identified with him by living for him. Let me just, let me just turn the PowerPoint off there. I want to just share something, and it really struck me the other day as I was listening to it. If you can get that ready, Brother Mark. And it really struck me the other day there was some ministers' meetings down in, in South in North Carolina. South Carolina, sorry. South Carolina. And there was a little testimony that was shared by Brother Tim Pruitt, and it really, I just thought about it, and it just didn't, I couldn't get away from it, and I if I can, I just want to, are you at that place, Brother Mark, or close? Tell me, you just raise your thumb up when you're there. You know, we're, we're coming, and I, I'm not trying to make this to be fearful. I'm trying to say this. You know what? Let's be real about where we're going. We're, we're, we're coming. God, the, 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 the loop is closing. And, you, and you've, you've only got so much time to get into the ark. And I say, let's get in the ark. Let's not be a straggler. Let's get in. Where, where, you're worth, where it's worth everything to you. But I, I just want to, this is a little testimony, and it's sobering. But I also saw the goodness of God in it. So let's just play this in just a few minutes, and then we'll close, okay? Hallelujah. I was, I was in Germany. Probably the year was... 98 I preached a convention there there's a girl in my church a deacon's daughter and one night they called me and said brother Tim come my daughter is leaving home she's not going to stay here no longer she, she don't want to live this Christian life and she's she's leaving I said, hold her there till I can come talk to her. So she waited until I come. I talked to her. Nope, I've made up my mind. I'm going to go this way. I, I'm going to live this way. I don't want it. Message might be of others, but it ain't for me. You know, she didn't intend just to go out and become a bad person but sin takes you further than what you want to go I, I pleaded with her that night don't 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 go out don't leave stay with God I'd known her since she was a little girl she wouldn't listen to me out she went Married some divorced boy that took her out and they were, he was in drugs and alcohol, miserable life. Terrible. I was in Germany and I was asleep. And a voice woke me up in the middle of the night and said, Denise is about to receive her last call. 
And after hearing that voice, it was an audible voice. I looked and I saw, and I don't know how to explain this, but a black line goes across the ceiling. And I look there and I stare at that that line. And I say, Oh God, what if she crosses that line? Then it dawns on me that I'm the messenger. And if I fail to get the message, she'll cross that line. You know, honestly, I, I, this girl, I hadn't thought about her in months. Out of sight, out of mind, I'm ashamed to say. But, you know, she'd been gone out of the church for a number of years. I said, well, I don't know when I'll get to talk with her, but when I see her, I've got a message for her. But God, don't let me fail to get that message to her. I, I must... I must say it with such sincerity I must be sure you just don't know how it made me feel it seemed that her life was in my hands and I went she came to Labor Day meeting she hadn't been in church for years and she came to Labor Day meeting and we were having and I caught her aside and I, I said I got to tell you something. I said, let me tell you what happened to me. I said, now you know me. I've never tried to scare you or frighten you. I've never tried to force you into anything. You know, I've always been honest with you and I've told you the truth. You know, for a short time, the girl actually lived in our home for a little short time with with my wife. She was my wife's niece. said, you know, I've never lied to you. I was always honest. Let me just tell you what happened to me. And I told her, I said, sorry to say I hadn't thought of you in months. I was in a meeting and I sure wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking about the next service. And I hear a voice that woke me up out of my sleep. Said, Denise about to get her last call. And I looked and I stared at it. I said, you know, don't spurn this mercy. She just looked at me and said, thank you. And walked away. And I watched her as she walked away. I said, God, I had a job to do and I failed. tried to tell her sincerely as I knew how and I failed God how did I do that you gave me a job and I I, I didn't get it across about two weeks later in the middle of the night my wife was out of town I was woke up about two in the morning phone at my head you know how you do, you reach around the, the, the bottom of the bed and looking for it, you're waking up and you finally find the phone, hello, hello. Yeah, uh, Brother Tim, this is Denise. I said, Denise who? 
and she saw she told me her name, Denise Williams, your niece. So I said, okay. All right. I said, what can I do for you? She said, well, Brother Tim, he's here. He's come in my room. And I know this is my last opportunity. And I reached and I grabbed my Bible and it fell right over to the prodigal son. I said, Denise, did you read down in there where it says, and when he came to himself? Yes. She said, yes, I did. I said, you're coming to yourself. Yes. You see, God would have never told me that if he didn't care about you and if there was no mercy for you Amen. and there was no grace for you. But because there was grace and mercy, God told me those things. Yes. I know, she said. I said, well, I can't come to you. You ain't carrying in the home. And you can't come to me. But I'll get on my knees right here while we're here. You get down on your knees there. And I led her back to the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, she's still a stalwart Christian. Hallelujah. Her life totally changed and transformed. She walked on water twice. Wow. Hallelujah. Dry bones live again. I'm telling you tonight. Dry bones hear the word of the Lord. Yes. You can live. Yes. You can live. Let's have the musicians come. I, I heard that the other night. And it was so sobering to me, and I just spent some time in prayer. And I just thought about where we're at. I thought about where Israel came to. They came to a place, it's called Kadesh Barnea, and they had an opportunity, but they turned it down. And I was thinking, God has given us opportunity after opportunity, but the world is closing, the things that are coming upon us. I, I believe we're in a season where even as it's in Matthew 22 or in, I think it's Luke chapter 20 or Luke 14 rather, where there was three calls. Call them that were compelled to come. Get, get them while well, they wouldn't heed the call. Well, go in the highways and no, get the lame and the sick and come, let them come. And finally, they wouldn't come. And now God's putting a call out. Call, compel them to come in. You know what, friends? I, I have a desire. I, 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 it struck me. Where are we at? Like, I'm, I'm not doing this to be fearful, but just to be sober. And say, where are we at? And I say, I don't want to just pass over things lightly. I want us, Lord... I've, I've been more sincere about how I've been praying. And Lord, when I come to church, I want to be more sincere. And I want us, not just me, but all of us as a people, and say, Lord, let's see where we are. Let's see what we're under. Let's remember that angel is here. Hey, and as you, you witness that testimony, my, you would think, 
You leave the message, they're gone. No, they're not gone. There's still your prayers holding them. And you know what? And God knows the time and the hour. And I say, until he brings them to that place, and you think, well, that was her time and hour, right in that meeting. God let her walk another two weeks, and he visited her. Don't you think God's full of love and long-suffering? And I, I think he's still the same today. And I'm desiring that we can see where we are in the journey. Friends, I, I, I've brought you just to a little point, a very crude representation coming out of Egypt. But going in, that's where all the promises lie. That's the Holy Ghost. That's where you possess your inheritance. That's where you gain everything that God wants. Would you want that today? I, I want it today. Let's stand together. As we're together, let's just, let's just sing the chorus. Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move. Right word on my heart, fill my whole being, consume my life. Spirit of God, move, empty vessel I want to be, so that you may Yeah.